Welcome to Popcornism, the place to take a break from the weight of the world. I'm Tanya. And I'm Pooja. We've been friends, good friends, for over 20 years, and we want to invite you into our inside conversation. Through the years, we've had a full range of conversations, and we believe that this qualifies us as podcast hosts in today's day and age. Sometimes we're totally in sync, and sometimes we think the other person has lost their marbles. Our topics aren't always going to be earth-shatteringly important, but they're interesting and will feature a lot of personal stories. So bring along some popcorn with a pinch of salt and let's have some fun. So what are we talking about today? I know when we started making a plan for our podcast, we wrote down a couple of you know topics that we'd really like to get into. And some mm-hmm. of them were... Uh, more serious and some of them were very lighthearted and I think this might be a slightly more serious one but yeah yeah, I think Mm -hmm. let's start we're going to talk about setbacks how we deal with them you know some personal stories coping mechanisms and um, any advice we might have for people how do you define setbacks so I think for me a setback is basically a roadblock or like a detour so if you're thinking about you know getting to a place and you have put in the dress in the gps and you have uh it's supposed to take you three hours but then there's a detour and there's an you know you have to you have to go the the long way and it takes you four and a half hours instead of three hours and i think that is like that detour is what your setback is because you basically have to recalibrate your plan Mm -hmm. based on this new interruption. That's how I would think about it. Yeah. It's interesting you said it gets you to the same place. Uh, In your um, example, we would still get to that destination, whether it's Mm going to take longer or not, but that's still what the goal that, you know, someone is working towards. Um, yeah. So I also think of a setback the same way. It's something that sets you back, but it doesn't necessarily um, it, uh, force you to reevaluate the course entirely. And I think for me, that's important because, yes, you might want to reevaluate the goal at the end of that, but um, it, it shouldn't be just because of a setback, whether it's major or minor. It yeah. says something to your in- the integrity of your goal. If Right, you right. Set back and you change it. Then how important was so, it to begin with? Do you have any examples? Yeah, no. Um, um yeah, I can think of a couple that you know come to mind. I've had um, a particularly bad final in uh, my final year of high school, which honestly was more of a shock than a setback. Mm-hmm. It was definitely like completely unexpected. But um, I, I would actually talk about a different moment, which was when I had to abruptly uh, leave the U.S. because of visa issues and such. And I, the first time around, and I, I was, it was, comp- it came from, you know, the left field. Like, I absolutely didn't see that come. Nah, I should have seen that coming, to be honest, because when you're on a visa, there can always be issues. But mm-hmm. because up until that point, I had been in the U.S. for five years and I hadn't had any issues, I just, there was no like reason for me to expect that situation I was just like oh of course things are going to work out because Mm -hmm. why wouldn't they right Right. and um and so for like for me to have to um pack up all my shit that I had accumulated for five years and um 
you know, basically decide, do I want to move back to India or, well, not back technically, do I want to move back to Nigeria or do I want to move to India and continue working there was basically a decision I never thought I would have to make again mm-hmm. and, um, or at least in the foreseeable future. And that was just incredibly like a life altering sort of like moment Phase. In, yeah. in, yeah, in the last like decade, I would say. Mm-hmm. because your plan was always to yeah I mean live. and you know yeah I had come to the U.S. for my undergrad and I had gotten a job and at that point my entire like you know I had started my living my adult life here and so all my yeah. friends were there my sister was here my brother was just coming into the U.S. and you know everything I knew as a grown-up was about living in this country and you had a good job job. yeah and I had a great job and you know Mm -hmm. I just I was like yeah this is I was living the good life essentially right so (laughs) no reason to yeah so no reason to like you know just suddenly have to be like oh Mm -hmm. now I need to go back to living with my parents (laughs) or to a country where I I'm not at home you know really that's definitely a big um just just live uh hearing the turn of events yeah i can see how it is a setback and then knowing you personally and knowing what that means like um having seen you through that experience i think definitely you're right it's probably one of the big setbacks yeah um, yeah for you in your decade do you have any like things that come to mind situations yeah so well um i have um been lucky enough to live with my parents since Mm -hmm. we moved here um and, you know, every time I have thought that, you know, I'll move out. So when I first, um, when I went to university, I didn't want to move out because, you know, I didn't want to pay those insane residence fees. Yeah, and yeah. We have good universities. Like I went to a great university just in our backyard, right? University mm-hmm. of Toronto. So, yeah, I never had that uh, moving out experience or like living away. And then when I finished my nursing degree, I was like, you know, I'm going to work at a big teaching hospital in the city, which is where most of them are, like academic hospitals. And so it'll be great. And then my first job after graduating was, believe it or not, four kilometers away from my (laughs) house. So when I got a call from the recruiter, they had said, you know, uh, there's a job in the greater Toronto area. Would you be willing to relocate? And I was like, yes, definitely, you know, I would, you know, relocate, is it, is it in Toronto, is a hospital in Toronto, and they're like, no, actually, it is in Richmond Hill, which is <laughs> where I live, and I was like, oh, great, anyway, so then, uh, fast forward to this year, earlier this year, I started working, um, as you know, at a big mm-hmm. uh, hospital in downtown, so finally, it seemed like, you know, this might be the year I plan to move out, um, once things settle yeah. out, settled down uh, sometime in June or July I was thinking it'd be a good time and then <laughs> the pandemic hit which um you know yeah you know, yeah describing of the situation but <laughs> then um it just didn't make any sense for me to in my head like I don't want to I didn't want to be alone through that time definitely um, life is very yeah. different in, in COVID, so I wouldn't really get to experience the life that I wanted to live uh, in the city. And so I think that is what I think about when I know it's, it's not going to I mean, it, 
Uh, you know, it is because you're. You it's basic. It, it's not. It's not the same. I feel like in you know maybe magnitude, but I feel like in you know as like to who you are as a person, this was like your next big step, right? Like this was supposed yes, to be your, exactly. Mm, exactly. you know, the, the mm-hmm. level up or whatever, right? It's yeah, the next, the next yeah, phase. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. makes sense. I can't wait to have like a place of my own, furnished exactly. kitchen. <laughs> cook yeah there's a lot of things I feel um I was looking forward to uh, mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that happening but um uh, I think it brings us to the next point which I want to talk about which is there are like so two different examples of uh, yeah. like you said magnitude what it means to each individual may be yep. very different so something um that seems you know a small thing to one maybe a really big thing to another and what do you think um about that difference between individual experience of a setback versus so so what defines or what um dictates whether something will be easier or harder is it the person's resilience or is it the actual situation um are there some things that you know everyone would find as a setback or you know only um, some would so one of my um, like the i think it's so here's how i look at it i think every when it comes to resilience you don't have resilience from day one you only get more resilient with time mm-hmm. so the more setbacks you have mm-hmm. the more resilient you will be i think usually typically and so yeah. when mm-hmm. your first setback happens no matter who it is and at what age it happens, it's going to be like, you know, uh, you're, you're just going to go through a lot more emotions. Whereas if you are, you <laughs> yeah. know, you've already been through a couple of things and you've seen the other side, you're going to you're going to take it with a grain of, OK, I know this is not the end. I know this is just a setback. You're going to recognize it as a setback. Yeah, I'm going to make it through as a rejection mm-hmm. or as a, you know, full stop. Yes. Life defining. Yeah, I, I definitely think that is a really great way to put it I couldn't have said it better myself and I started laughing while you were explaining that because I thought of the first time that I had a big setback mm-hmm. or I felt like I had a big setback it was a program uh, I wanted to it was like an extracurricular mm-hmm. summer program it was a month long at one of those um yeah one of those camps right I was in grade 11 it's supposed to be like very competitive and I got in and, and then at the end, I got some allergic reaction, and it wasn't in my. It was yeah. it was bad, but it wasn't that bad that my parents would freak out. So I was just very mopey and miserable <laughs> for that entire summer. I remember that was the first year for my birthday where I was sulking, and I was like, "I don't care about my birthday." I've always been that person growing up, like, "Oh, so excited," and I forced myself to be <laughs> somber on my birthday. Um, but yeah, that's. So if I compare that to this year, it's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, you try to find the positives after, you know, what has happened has happened. How do I stay uh, afloat? How do I focus on the positives that might have, you know, resulted yep. rather than forcing yourself yeah, yeah. to mop, right? No, I agree. And then the, at the same time, there are like universal setbacks, I think, like, you know, if like that will be upsetting no matter who the person is, right? Like, Whenever you have your, I guess, mm-hmm. first big breakup or if you are going through a divorce or if you are, you know, you lose a job, mm-hmm. you know, you get fired. Those kind of things are, you know, very reasonable, realistic setbacks. And I think 
no matter who the person is, you're going to have some sort of negative uh, or, you know, sad sort of reaction to that. So having, you know, been through our own fair shares of uh, setbacks, what would you say are some coping mechanisms? Like, I I think I shared a couple Mm -hmm. just a minute ago about how I deal with it now, but what are some that, you know, you use to get through these sort of tough times? Um, I think it's important to look at, you know, so here's like one, one of the things that I think I do well is like time box my reaction to certain things. Like, you know, if, if it's something that's mm-hmm. upsetting, so, so like, I'll, you know, like say, mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is something I did unconsciously about the, you know, when I left the US for the first time, I was so upset and so quote unquote depressed about it for so long. But then I also like took three months to be upset about it. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done being like, this is my life now. And I need to figure out what's next, you know? So when I do oh, okay. figure yeah. out that like, okay, this is a setback and this is an issue, like I give myself time to like grieve or feel bad about it or feel pity for myself. And then I'm like, okay, now I'm done. And change of mindset. Let's focus on what's coming. What Like, how do I deal with this? I think it's good advice. Um, for me, I've always been I, I let myself feel whatever I feel whenever mm-hmm. I feel it right try not to box it in but maybe what you're suggesting may work um and I'd probably try it the next time something happens because it allows you to have some boundaries towards that uh to limit right. that setback or the feelings of yeah negativity. yeah and I think I think another thing is like also just you know obviously this like I said before comes with having gone through a couple of these is that you know, things will get better, you will, you know, figure out and whatever happens will, you know, like something better, or something good, or equally good, or, you know, even more better than what you had planned may happen. So it's important Mm -hmm. to keep sight Mm -hmm. of that, that, you know, like, this is like, nothing is the end until it's the end, you know, you, you can, Mm -hmm. you can, you can always like, do something different and I, and I mean you know as an example I left the US I moved back to Nigeria started living with my parents again had a curfew so of course that was a setback but then <clears throat> I mm. ended up getting a great job <clears throat> excuse me I ended up getting a great job I ended up you know really really learning a ton of that thing I ended up going to a good business school after that lived in Spain for a year and then eventually came back to the US you know so um, <laughs> yeah it didn't it, it exactly worked out, it all worked out and it's it's working mm-hmm. out like and and even since then i've had setbacks but it's always like you know you you give yourself like i give myself time to think to feel bad about it and then i'm like okay let's focus on what's next so these are like i feel like short-term solutions what would what would you say is like a long-term you know because like you, you have to obviously a i mean i don't know i think it's a mix of both I think another short-term solution is mm-hmm. really, like, to give in to how you're feeling about it. So, you yeah, know, like, if yeah. you... That's, but like I said, that's what I do is, like, I let myself feel whatever I feel and just accept that I'm feeling this way and that it won't last mm-hmm. forever, just naturally, yeah. right? So I guess there's two very different approaches. I do want to try the strategy that you mm-hmm. mentioned. Um, but, you know, I feel that advice is very 
finicky. It's like if it works yeah, for you, great, it might not work for everyone. It's not like one box fits yeah. all, right? Yeah. I remember, in fact, um, um, so like until until this situation happened, I was never really an overly mm-hmm. emotional person, or at least not an expressively emotional person, right? Like I'm, I used to be very mm-hmm. uh, like m- mild in my reactions to people and things, but when this yeah. happened, it sort of like opened my floodgates to crying, and I became like a big crier. I even remember on my flight out of like New York back to Lagos, I literally like as soon, of course I had like spent, you know, weeks crying, but then I also like, I'm like fine and everything. I get on a plane and then I start weeping. Like I am just, you know, bawling out there. The plane has, yeah, like the plane hasn't even like started moving or anything. I'm just crying because I know what it represents. And then I was seated next to like this 85 year old Turkish woman who was just like so upset. She was like, are you okay? Are you scared of flying? Like, you know, like just trying to figure out or like pacify me. And I'm just like, "Mm, I don't really like, and you know, like she didn't really speak too much English. So I was just like, yeah, I'm just, don't worry about me. (laughs) I think you said it earlier that if things aren't going right, it's not the end. Keep going. And I really like that. I, I believe it too. It's important to realize that it's natural to feel disheartened and emotional. It's also important to allow ourselves to feel those things in the short term. But then to have that long-term vision to say, you know, this didn't work out fine. What are my other options? Or, you know, maybe this is an opportunity to go back to the drawing board and look at the goal itself. I think all those things, though, should come after you've had that initial reaction, those emotions and that processing so that there is, you know, allowing that sacred space, so to speak, um, to to appreciate essentially the setback. Yeah, I mean, and it's very easy to feel like, you know, a little bit of PTSD when you're making like big decisions because you like had one setback mm-hmm. back you know, when you were trying, like, I mean, a setback essentially happens when you're trying something bigger and better, right? Like, it doesn't happen on an everyday, day-to-day life. So, you can feel a little bit, like, scared and vulnerable, and, like, you can feel um, just sort of, like, almost pessimistic about something happening, but that shouldn't stop you from Mm -hmm. doing it. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know if I completely agree. I think that some setbacks are just like daily life setbacks. Yes, they don't have such a long lasting impact, but sometimes they mm-hmm. really do. Like even like on your commute, if you missed a flight or uh, a train or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, I for sure have some PTSD around flying now, um, having like had like a chain of bad <laughs> missed flights hiccups in see uh, that's funny it. you say that because i know we keep talking we talk we start we've, we've already talked about airports <laughs> three times now but <laughs> um i have i have the exact opposite view because in all the flights that i've ever taken every single sort of delay or mm-hmm. a quote-unquote setback that can happen has happened and so i'm like extremely chill while flying now that because i'm like well, you know, I, I'm always prepared for, like, something terrible happening. And so, you know, yeah. I just feel very zen about it. That's interesting. So it's like, you know, whatever happens, I got this kind of attitude. Yeah, I'm but... still going to get to my destination. 
But I think for me, it's the part where I personally don't got anything in that situation. Like, <laughs> I don't have control. I think that's what I mean is uh, yeah. whenever yeah. I'm speaking of resilience or, you know, conquering your uh, emotions or life after mm-hmm. a setback, I think about, you know, what's in my control. But then I think you raise a really important point. Um, so is that like, if things aren't in your control, even more reason not to feel bad about it or to yeah, feel hung up exactly. over it. Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> like, you just have to do your bit. And then, well, if it doesn't work out, then, you know. I think. Shrug, like, shrug, shrug it off, I guess. I don't know. This is, like, uh, opening it. my mind a little bit. This is, like, a therapy session <laughs> for me because it, this is an active issue. This is an active thing, which, like, resulted as a yeah. series of as a result of a series of setbacks um, yeah. where I couldn't shake off that fear or anxiety. But yeah. if, and primarily because it's like, well, it's not in my control. So no matter what, I can't prepare for it. And it's always going to be like this. And But if it's mm-hmm. not in my control, then really it doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. And I shouldn't beat myself about it and just go for a joy ride. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, just shrug it off and yeah see what happens and let the chips yeah. fall where they where they may right all right that's all we had for today we hope you enjoyed yourself thank you for joining us today and we hope that you will join us again next week with a brand new episode mm-hmm.